This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 92 Whispers Estate Tucked away in the small town of Mitchell, Indiana, lies one of the most haunted houses in America. Whispers Estate, as it is known, has been the site of countless paranormal encounters, and is the source of spine-tingling stories that have been passed down through generations. With the history dating back to the early 1900s, the house has been witness to many owners, each with their own unique experiences of unexplainable happenings. What draws people to Whispers Estate is not just the reported paranormal activity, but the sense of fear that permeates the property. Many who have ventured inside the house have come out shaken and unsettled. Their beliefs about the afterlife and the supernatural forever changed. Join us as we attempt to unravel the mysteries that surround this iconic haunted house and provide insight into the true nature of the unexplainable occurrences that have taken place there. Whispers Estate has a long and storied history. The land on which the house stands was originally owned by a wealthy businessman who used it for farming and livestock. Over time, the land changed hands several times, and in the late 1800s, a doctor named George White acquired the property. White was a prominent member of the community and built a small home on the land, which he used as his medical practice. In 1894, Dr. White decided to build a larger home for his family and commissioned a local architect to design it. The resulting house was a Victorian-style mansion with ornate trim and a distinctive turret. It also featured many of the hallmarks of the era, including ornate woodwork, stained glass windows, and a wraparound porch. Dr. White and his family lived in the house until the early 1900s, when the property was then sold to a man named John K. Gibbons and his wife, Jessie. Dr. Gibbons used the first floor for his medical practice for over 20 years. During that time, the house saw an influx in deaths that took place there. Some died while on the operating table, while others included some of the children John and Jesse Gibbons adopted over the years. Eventually, the house saw the death of Jesse Gibbons herself as well. Over the next few decades, the house changed hands several times, 
with each owner leaving their mark on the property. In the 1920s, the house was purchased by the Riley family, who made significant changes to the interior and added on to the home. The Rileys were the first to report strange occurrences, including unexplained noises and the sound of whispers that would echo throughout the halls at night. This came as no surprise to the new owners as they had been doing renovations on the house, stirring up some of the residual energy that most likely still resided. In the 1940s, the house was sold again, this time to a family who used it as a boarding house for local workers. During this time, the house was mistreated and fell into disrepair and was eventually abandoned in the 1960s. For many years, Whisper's estate sat vacant, slowly deteriorating as vandals and the elements took their toll. In the early 2000s, however, the house was purchased by a local businessman who recognized its historical significance and undertook a massive restoration project. It was eventually turned into a bed and breakfast. Several modifications were made to the house to accommodate to its new guests. During this time, guests began to report strange activity in the house and seeing what they believed were ghosts leading to an increased interest in the property as a destination for paranormal enthusiasts. Today, Whisper's estate stands as a beautiful and imposing reminder of its past, and its eerie reputation continues to draw visitors from around the world. Despite its many owners and changes over the years, the house continues to suffer from its haunting past. From the moment it was built, Whisper's estate has been associated with unexplained occurrences and paranormal activity. Over the years, residents and visitors have reported hearing strange noises, objects moving on their own, feeling cold spots, and even seeing full-bodied apparitions and shadow figures. Some have reported hearing whispers, familiar voices calling out to them, and other strange disembodied voices, influencing the house's name. One of the most well-known and persistent ghostly sightings at Whisper's estate is that of a young 10-year-old girl named Rachel. She is said to be the ghost of a young girl that had been adopted by the Gibbons family and died in the house in the early 1900s. She was severely burned after starting a house fire in the front parlor and died a couple of days later. Many visitors to the house report seeing her, and some have even captured images of her on camera. Another area of the house that is associated with strange activity is the children's room. This room was used by several families who lived in the house over the years and it is said that the spirits of children who died in the house still haunt the room. Visitors have reported hearing laughter and the sound of children playing and running around the room, despite it being found completely empty. One of the most terrifying and persistent reports of paranormal activity at Whisper's estate involves a dark entity 
that is said to reside in the basement. It is said that the dark entity resembles that of a rake. Visitors to the basement have reported feeling an intense sense of dread and unease, and some have been physically attacked and pushed down the stairs, resulting in severe injuries. The dark entity is said to be malevolent and has been linked to several of the more extreme occurrences in the house and can often be heard growling, as if warning those not to come near it. Whisper's estate remains one of the most haunted houses in America, and its reputation for unexplained occurrences and paranormal activity continues to grow. In recent years, Whisper's estate has become a popular destination for paranormal investigators, enthusiasts, and thrill-seekers alike. In an attempt to try and capture evidence of the supernatural activity that is said to occur there, many have left with nothing short of a true and overwhelming experience. Some have captured EVPs, while others have recorded significant temperature changes or unexplained movements and orbs on camera. While there is no concrete proof of the paranormal activity at Whispers Estate, the sheer number of reports and witness accounts suggest that there is clearly something unexplainable going on inside the house. Many have reported experiencing strange occurrences and capturing evidence of the strange activity. Some have even claimed to have communicated with the spirits of those who lived in the house over the years. The people who have lived in and visited Whispers Estate have all had their own unique experiences and perspectives on the paranormal activity associated with the house. While some have dismissed the activity as mere coincidence or the result of an old and creaky home, others have reported truly terrifying encounters with the supernatural. Whether one believes in ghosts or not, there is no denying the enduring fascination with Whisper's estate and the impact that it has had on those who have lived there. One of the most notable effects of Whisper's estate is the psychological impact it has had on all who step foot in the house. Many former residents have reported feeling a sense of unease or dread, and some have even experienced physical symptoms such as headaches or nausea. The paranormal activity associated with the house can also cause stress and anxiety, especially for those who are empaths or sensitive to the paranormal. In addition to psychological effects, Whisper's estate has also had a profound emotional impact on many of its former residents. Some have reported feeling a sense of sadness or despair while in the house while others have experienced feelings of anger or aggression. The unexplained occurrences and paranormal activity can also be deeply unsettling, leaving many feeling vulnerable and powerless. While there is no scientific evidence to support the idea that ghosts or other supernatural entities can cause physical harm, many former residents of Whisper's estate have reported experiencing unexplained physical sensations. Many have reported feelings of being touched, pushed, or even scratched by unseen forces. For some former residents of Whisper's estate, 
the effects of their time in the house have been long-lasting. Many have reported experiencing ongoing psychological and emotional trauma as a result of the paranormal activity they witnessed while living there. Some have even reported experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder related to their time in the house. While many focus on the negative effects of the strange occurrences associated with Whisper's estate, there have also been some long-lasting positive effects. Many former residents and visitors have reported feeling a sense of awe and fascination at the unexplained phenomena they witnessed, and have even found comfort in the idea that their loved ones may still be present in the house as spirits. The enduring fascination with Whisper's estate has also led to increased interest in the paranormal and supernatural, with many using the house as a starting point for further exploration of these areas. Whisper's estate has undergone many changes over the course of its history, from a family home to a social gathering place, to a bed and breakfast and paranormal hotspot. The continued fascination with the house and its paranormal activity serves as a testament to the overwhelming curiosity and intrigue of the strange and the unknown. The house remains a popular destination for those seeking a glimpse into the past and an encounter with the paranormal. To this day, Whisper's estate continues to attract thrill-seekers and those looking to face the fine line where the living and the dead can cross and potentially meet paths. The site is home to a long wait list for paranormal investigation groups, all looking to uncover some of the mysteries that lie hidden in its old Victorian-style structure. Additionally, it has been featured on several national television shows. Due to its haunting past and the tragedies that have taken place there, it will continue to serve as a hotspot for paranormal activity well into the future. Hi-de-ho, camperinos! And welcome to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. The Whispers Estate. The Whispers Estate, Indiana. We're back in our home state. Back in our home state. Yeah. Yeah. Where is Mitchell, Indiana? Mitchell, Indiana is someplace that I have no clue. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. No, I actually looked it up and now I don't remember. Yeah. It's in our home state. All right, so Mitchell is south of Bedford, okay. Which Bedford is south of Bloomington. So, okay. Just to give you an idea, Mitchell is south south central Indiana. Like, I mean, we're we're like getting close to the line there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, halfway between Indy and Louisville. Yeah, I mean, literally. Yeah, yeah it's literally about halfway between the two. So, okay. So it's like Indiana Hill Country. True. The nicer part of Indiana. It is, yeah. It's the it's the beautiful part of Indiana. The part of Indiana that looks like Kentucky. Right. Or yeah. you know, that looks like anywhere that's not Indiana. That's true. Yeah. I was trying to decide a haunting I wanted you know, I wanted to discuss this week. But I was trying to look for Indiana ones. You know, I wanted to do something kind of more obscure, something, you know, just closer to home, whatever else. Yeah. 
and yeah so i i decided i mean it's it's one that i think we've mentioned on another episode in passing but never actually uh you know looked into it really yeah um a few a few weeks ago i did um an article for paranormality that was the five most haunted locations in indiana and it made that list yeah but i only like looked into it briefly for the list but apparently apparently there's some crazy shit going on there i mean yeah it's uh it's it's a it's a really big hotspot now for like investigative groups to go and i mean you can literally go to their website and plan you know like book your book your stuff they have yeah. some nice amenities which is always okay. nice to you know, in a house that you're investigating i like that i love those parts that they don't show in the youtube videos you know like they show this like creepy hallway in front of them and you just know right. that if they spun the camera around you'd see like a rack of potato chips yeah that you can like, buy for a dollar a piece well most of them give them away for free the night that you're there like they'll like i know like monroe house does it they they have like a stat like a stocked refrigerator full of like sodas and waters yeah. and a coffee station or a coffee bar and then chips and you know, all yeah all the whatever and they like stock it each or stock it up each time they have like people come in uh, for free like after you for free after you pay two hundred dollars to hang out there that <laughs> night right exactly yeah. you're literally buying your own snacks it's fine for sure um but yeah, I just always think about that every time I see videos yeah. of like these haunted, these like paratourism spots, mm. right? Like, or like the areas that you don't see that are actually really nice, and that's where yeah. like everybody's like setting up their beds and stuff as exactly. they stay the night. You don't show the, they don't show the gift shops and the right bucket. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I survived a night in such and such. Here's your shirt. Yeah, they exactly. have like a little photo booth set up and yep, yep, yeah, it's awesome. I don't know about this one, but I assume it does. Almost certainly, right? Because yeah. this one has like garnered national attention, right? From, like, yeah, ghost I mean, this, is, this stuff, has been a big right? one for sure. Yep. Yeah, it's like okay. Has has the Baggins been there? You know, that's actually one thing I did not check that I'm actually kind of curious about. Yeah, me too. Because he's kind of like the barometer, right? Like, there's like a level of them. Any of them that Zach Baggins has been in cost twice as much to investigate. Yeah. I'm not seeing any um any for Ghost Adventures. Okay. Um but what about all of the spin-off hosts that hate him now? <laughs> <laughs> There's uh Whispers Whispers Estate uh season 1 episode 1 of Ghost Stalkers. With Damn first Nick episode. Groff. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. His number one hater. Travel or uh, there's one bump in the night. Oh yeah, they're cool. I, we talk to them on socials all the time. Well, you talk to them. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> they're cool. I've actually so, been talking to them about doing a um, doing a roundtable about ghost hunting on a fireside nice. chat. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. But yeah, so I mean they've they've had a lot of people a lot of people go there and you know do that. but cool. yeah it doesn't look like the the bags has yeah okay so it's still affordable probably right so they're better off anyways yeah always otherwise he would have gotten possessed in that house that's true definitely <laughs> this dark entity in the basement that, I was gonna say been, the rake would have like it would have been I a demon know. for sure yeah it would have for sure. Okay, so my favorite thing that I've noticed about 
about Midwest hauntings, but Indiana specifically, is yeah. these places seem to have these really like these like cool timelines of like family after family yeah. that have occupied the house, right? Like mm-hmm. the Monroe house, for instance, there's like this whole list of families who have like taken it over for a couple decades at each as the story progresses. And that's not really a thing you get from like, especially on the West coast, you always get stories of like a family or two families. Yeah. That you makes, know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I like I like the history to this one. Yeah, me because too. I mean it has a pretty extensive history, and yeah. started off you know with one doctor, and then changed hands to another doctor that used like the whole first floor as their practice for I think like twenty six years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and he and his wife adopted. You know, they would adopt kids or. Or uh, how's like the you know the ones having a tough way to go or whatever else and yeah so a few of them had d- died there and so did the wife she died there of um, pneumonia a random case of pneumonia and died in the same room as one of the children that had died there. Um, question: Which family did the did Rachel belong to? The girl. The, the Gibbons, girl. the the okay. ones that uh, this is most notorious for yeah. own. They're most notorious for owning because um, they're the second owners. Okay, and the so earliest. Go ahead. They're the doctor. They're the doctor that used the bottom floor as the doctor's office. Right. Yeah. So their daughter, she burned to death. Is was that the yeah, story? Yeah. So apparently she had she had started a fire in the front parlor. And she had gotten severely burnt, like, I mean, extremely bad. And this is back in, I mean, this is early 1900s, you know? Right, turn of the century. Right. So, uh, yeah, she ended up dying a few days later. Right. As a result from the injuries from, you know, being in this fire. Yeah. And she's the one that's everybody sees. Right. And she's always like full bodied apparition. Right. Yeah. She's always wearing this dress. And, like, people, there's, um, I, I know there was one. I was watching uh, one group go in and do a, do an investigation, and apparently, like one of the guys turned and saw her sitting in this chair, and they got a picture of it. You can see almost like this uh, blurred part, you know, almost in the shape of yeah. a small child. But she's okay. like sitting in a in this chair, and she's just kind of kicking her feet, you know, back and forth, you know, just yeah. waiting, mind her own business. Apparently, never looked at them or anything. Like she was just sitting there. Wow. Um, which is pretty cool, yeah. So it was a blur in the photo, but he saw her? Like, yeah. Said he saw her, like, okay. explained exactly what she was wearing, everything. Nice. My my favorite thing about this one is, while it did have a period of, like, rapid ownership changes at some point, yeah. it, got, it got saved right. pretty and early. I mean, and it's like... Each, you know, each major change in ownership besides, like, you know, went to this family and then this family, whatever else, there were several that actually did major renovations or major improvements to the house, adding on another floor, um, you know, things like that. Like, and then once, uh, once it finally got in the two, in around the 2000s is when it was finally bought, you know, someone seeing its full potential and. Yeah. deciding to invest what they could to you know kind of bring it back bring it back to its yeah. glory and 
and also add on a little bit to be able to use, you know, as a like a B and B and stuff. So yeah. And they're they're the people who turned it into this sort of like paratourism B and B. Yeah, I mean that's okay. yep. Yeah. Yep. So okay. yeah, after that, like that's when a lot of people, a lot more uh, people that would go through there would claim to see see these things, hear noises, mm-hmm. get scratched, get pushed, get grabbed. Right. Um, you know, someone even claimed to uh, essentially get choked out. Wow. Um, yeah, and then and then people that go down into the basement uh, have gotten knocked knocked down. Um, and then get pretty pretty badly hurt. Wow. You know, and people break bones and, and whatever else and just feel like, yeah, like they're literally just pushed. Shit. And that's like one of the ones in the basement. That's where that, I guess, shit's pretty heavy. Okay. And then uh, the attic and like in and around where like the children's rooms and stuff were is pretty, it gets pretty gnarly too. So more children supposedly died than the girl in the house yeah yeah so there was um i know you i know you mentioned that the children's bedroom some children or a child died in the in or near the children's bedroom right is that what you said yeah yeah that was uh at least one or two children had died in the room and that's one that people can often hear like laughter and running around and they'll hear like foot stomps and stuff like that i'd rather deal with the rake than that Honestly, yeah, same dude. <laughs> um, yeah, so Rachel, she she had gotten burned and she died two days later in one of the upstairs bedrooms. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then you, she's the one that you hear, you hear a lot, see a lot, and everything. There was mm. a ten month infant named Elizabeth that died in the master bedroom of unknown causes, but people claim to be able to smell the scent of like baby powder. And okay. then sometimes hear the baby cry as they're like in that uh, upstairs room. Gross. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So again, I'm going to compare it to Monroe House because I've been obsessing over that lately. But like, there's a period in Monroe House's history, like in the '60s, I think, where it gets really hard to track the ownership. You yeah. know, because it, they start it starts becoming a rental property, and they end up cutting it up into a duplex, and like there are just people coming and going on a yearly basis, basically for a couple decades. Yeah, yeah. Of and course. I like I like that this one never really had that. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It never got chopped up. It never like. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it stayed this big ass this big ass yeah. house. Um, and only got only got that much bigger too. Uh, you yeah. know, just <laughs> through the, it's through also the rare years. for like because this is a Queen Anne Victorian house. Right. It's really yeah. rare for those to get add-ons. Right. Yeah. 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 But Which I is, mean, it, it ended up being like you know now obviously it's uh, you know it hasn't seen any anything other than just the improvements and stuff like that since. Yeah. But yeah, it's what three stories plus an attic and a basement. Damn. Yeah. That's a big house. That's a big ass house. Yeah. It's man, I love those. For a while my wife and I lived in a Victorian house and I miss it so much. So much. it was built in like the late 1800s. The house is also house extremely so creepy. Yeah. It really I, I don't is. know, to me I always I always thought it was kind of creepy. It is. But I yeah, the house is awesome. It was super yeah. cool. 
But yeah, the at, it had like the double staircases, the like I mean, one that's in the front, one in the back. That, that's, and... that's so weird because I mean, I, I guess a lot of houses have that, you know, have that too. But I don't yeah, know. It almost seems seems creepier to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the back staircase is always weird because you might have like one small window, and yeah. it's like they're more narrow than the front stairs. They're like servants' stairs, right? Yeah, I mean, right? just like we talked about in like Velisca. Velisca yep. had that, and that was where I think it was. Was it the servant stairs that uh, he originally comes home with the uh, with the axe and starts? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Going to work. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's awful. <laughs> but yes, that's there. You go. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. I I loved that house so much, but it was creepy as hell. Yeah. And that there was a third staircase from the second story up to the attic, like even more like narrow yeah. and taller stairs and like yeah big ass attic it was yeah it was creepy for sure i mean but those those houses are also so neat yeah they're gorgeous they i mean it was it was honestly it was like american architecture at its finest if you ask me victorian oh yeah housing. i agree that yeah yep mm-hmm. that's as ornate as we ever got in American architecture. Yeah. So to add on to some of the, some of the deaths as well, yeah. Jesse, which was Dr. Gibbons's wife. She also died in the same bedroom of the 10 month old that died from unknown causes. Okay. Uh, but uh, Jesse died through a, after a bout of double pneumonia. Damn. And so guess that uh, sleep in that room often awake to labored breathing and coughing. Some even report feeling as if someone is sitting on their chest. The most common uh, activity in the room is the closet doorknob will frequently jiggle for a few moments, stop suddenly, and the closet door will pop open. Um, and actually, I, I watched a video, uh, one of the investigations I watched, I'm not sure if it was this room, but they had a, they had a camera on this door, and everybody else was uh, the next story up. And then you kind of, it's kind of dark, but there's like a camera and a light on it, you mm-hmm. know? And so you see the, the handle kind of jiggle. Okay. And it does this for like a minute straight. And all of a sudden it just opens. Wow. Slowly, but really wide. Like there's no way that, yeah. Yeah. And nobody's there. Everybody's upstairs. You can, you can hear them in the distance. That's fun. And I, I thought that was, that was awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's very cool. That's pretty cool. Um... Any more deaths? So I'm trying to trying to go back. I know there was there was another death. Um, so there's supposedly four graves in the backyard. Okay. Uh, so a family also, plot on the on the land, not including what psychics have called a pit grave, uh, which they can cons- they say contain amputated limbs, internal organs, aborted fetuses, etc. Yeah, from the doctor's so, office. So, right. Yeah. So there's four graves, but there's also another pit grave that yeah. shit was just thrown into, right? Yeah, where they disposed so, of yeah. biological waste. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty uh, creepy. There was... I know that there there was some... Yeah, like, there's, there's stories of, of other owners or occupants that suggest that others have, have also died in the house, such as a gentleman in the 50s, and, the 50s or 60s that died in the upstairs bathroom. A young boy that died from falling down the front staircase. Um, 
and I guess a few others. Okay. Um, that are that are rumored. So gotcha. Yeah. When you watch like Little House on the Prairie, they never really show the doctor's pit grave. <laughs> Probably for a reason. It's one of those realities of that time period that get yeah. you know brushed over. I mean, that's yeah, because you know you don't want to you don't want to focus on the dark yeah. and. Yeah, of course. It, you want to focus on the wholesomeness of that time right. or whatever, I guess you want to say. It's so weird, though, to think, like, yeah, they would have had to put that shit somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, Right. I mean, what are they doing? Just tossing it in the trash? Burn it, and then your burn half of your burn pile is, like, old bones? I mean, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you know, towns with, like, a crematorium or something like that, you know, were able to yeah. easily dispose. But, I mean, especially these, like small towns mm-hmm. that don't have a lot yeah i'm betting in the 1890s even in big cities crematoriums were few and far between oh i'm sure yeah you know mm-hmm. okay so you mentioned this entity in the basement yeah right let's talk about that for a minute because i'm curious because there was it was just sort of offhandedly mentioned that it resembled a rake the rake so like who saw that so there's um so there it's like a shadow figure okay. um that that people that visit the house whether it be guests or people doing investigations often say that they see this thing and it's like this like lanky like weird i mean they they describe it as being you know closely resembling a rake okay. and they call it big black ooh i like it yeah um, and psychics that have been there say that it's not of this world. Okay. And so it's uh, most, I guess, most commonly encountered the basement and the, and the doctor's rooms that he used. Uh, but it has been seen or said to be seen throughout the house. Okay. But most commonly down in that area. It sort of reminds me of the entity attached to like Lep Castle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The one that they see like climbing on the ceiling yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's always a shadow figure. Yeah, he's like shadowed shadow, but I mean you can you, you know, you can just like that. I mean it's just this kind of dark mass, but you can make out like it's like arms and yeah. legs and I do this with my arms like yeah. it's like fluid. Right. Like this is a visual whatever, medium. Whatever that means, yeah. Um but yeah, yeah so I, I thought that that was cool your pantomime doesn't play well on the podcast nah <laughs> just imagine what I'm doing out there yeah. camperinos so the I, because most like shadow figures are, are described as like tall and lanky right right like yeah so I wonder if there's like some weird way that it moves maybe that make people there's, relate it to the rake. There's a picture of it somewhere that someone had drawn. Okay. Um I'll I'll try and see if I can find it, but I know um there's they there's a, they also did a small documentary on it too. And someone shows shows like a picture, a couple of pictures of what people have seen and it they all kind of line up with okay. the same thing. Interesting. Um but yeah, it's like has like a long torso and really long legs and arms and kind of you know I seem least suggest that it like crawls on all fours and okay. you know there's the rake okay right. I understand now 
Because I was just picturing so, like tall and lanky, right? Like yeah, I mean like Slenderman or Slenderman style. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes more no, sense. No, but something something more rake like that. Yeah, I mean it's obviously it's not uh, you know it's not just a ghost. It's yeah. not whatever else. Yeah. According to the psychics, it's otherworldly. Otherworldly, right? right. Mm-hmm. And people have had sort of the the gamut of classic dark entity interactions with it with the scratches and the pushing and the right, right. scratches and several have gotten pushed down the stairs including uh one guy in this video and i mean this dude was he yeah he they had to go to the hospital afterwards damn he broke a couple bones and he was he was beaten up that's rough like he said like he he was walking down everything was completely fine and all of a sudden just down see i I buy that more than like the scratches or the yeah. like the stuff you usually hear because I get like maybe like giving yourself a scratch on the back for a cool moment in a you know in a YouTube investigation you know but like I don't know too many people who would break multiple bones for clicks you know yeah right I mean like, that it's more believable nah, I, w- I wouldn't do that no of course not <laughs> I don't think any sound you know yeah. person or whatever yeah yeah any normal person would not just openly or throw themselves down the stairs yeah just for funsies yeah unless he was like i i can control this i'll just slide down the stairs and they fucked up and just wrecked himself he just steps wrong and then just yeah. immediately regrets this decision yep so what's also really cool about this house is there is reportedly a portal or a vortex which runs up okay. through the house from the front parlor into the third floor room and attic area. Uh, the room in the attic is said to be the heart of the house as well. Um, guests that are brave enough to sleep in this third floor room report horrible nightmares and sometimes hear something trying to get in the room uh, via the door and like the doorknob jiggling. I'm trying to go back to my notes. I had a little bit more okay. on uh, the that, that area too. Um, it always smells like death, and there's Gross. yeah said to be a vortex in the corner that goes out of the house and like in midair, um, like a few feet or like something above the house. Yeah, well, okay. like out towards. Yeah, I mean, because this is this is like the attic area, so out of the corner and then like up in the air and then yeah, above the house. There you go. Yeah. Okay, I imagine like a a light like a spotlight pointed up yeah right like yeah Yeah, and and then again people often hear growling sounds in there too uh see a lot of orbs um and then uh this that same room people have uh, multiple people have said to see the bed rise off the floor and smash down you know on its own nobody doing anything yeah yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, there's room for parlor tricks, but I doubt, you know, sure. I doubt, you know, something like that in that case. Doubt they're doing hydraulics on the bed. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Also, a lady claimed to see this half human, half goat thing with horns that uh, she like described almost like had long flowing hair and the horns just like went went with the hair and backwards. Um, Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how much there is to that, but you know, I'm sure now we're everybody's talking. gonna see random shit there, right? You know, whatever uh Yeah. Whatever you think you're seeing or bring or 
let yourself Everyone leave. sees what they need exactly. to see, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah, that's the coolest thing I've heard so far. Right. That was uh, a fucking goat man. <laughs> he, I'm always down for a goat yep. man. Public uh public monsters actually yeah. coming into or came to Indiana. <laughs> um Yeah. Moving moving there up. There was this one group, this paranormal group that uses a dog. They use a dog uh you know, to help try and uh you know detect right. things. Um so when they try to go in there the dog refused, absolutely refused. Like it was whining, like planted its feet down. They were trying to drag it in, it would not. Yeah. So you know, some dog knew something was up. Did they go in anyway? Yeah, I mean they were all in the room trying to pull the dog inside. Yeah, I wouldn't do that in a hundred years. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Again, you know, we get down to this like talk about like. You know, judge of characters, and dogs are pretty yeah. good judge of char- judges of character, and hundred percent. So i i would I would trust that. I'd be like, all right, let's let's go. No worries. Yeah. No worries. I've talked on the show about the the time that my dog wouldn't go anywhere near this kid, and like, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't trust that kid with anything. Yeah, I mean, just based on that interaction. Exactly. Exactly. Like you know that that to me is enough of either a warning or whatever else to be like, all right, bud, no problem. Yep. You're done. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. You and I are nothing. (laughs) Our paths will never cross. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I trust, I I trust that dog more than I trust 90% of human beings. So probably more. Yeah. More than ninety uh, percent. That's a good. That's a good way to be for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, no way I would go in that room if the dog refused to go in. Like, I don't. I don't have a a specific. I haven't come to a decision on ghosts or hauntings at all. I don't know what the fuck they are. You know what I mean? But like, whatever is happening in places like this, I feel like. I feel like if the dog thinks it's dangerous, I'm just going to I'm going to trust yeah. it that it's dangerous and I'm going to avoid it. Agreed. Agreed. Like yeah. I mean, if anything, I think that's that's a like said, that that should be all the real warning or hesitation or whatever yeah. else that you need. Yeah, I'd trust that over a psychic or a REM pod any day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I had a question. All right. Because you watched a few um, a few investigations mm-hmm. in this place, right? And obviously, you researched the history. Any history of like seances in the house? Um, like anyone doing like Ouija boards or tarot readings or anything like that in the house? I know you mentioned psychics, but so not that I know of, as far as like seances or anything like that. Um, okay. At least not anything that that I found. Um, okay, you know, I mean, they they've done. Uh, there was one group that did. Uh, you know the the table thing, and I I can't for for life me I can't think of or what it's actually called, but it's where people sit around like a circular table with like three legs, right? So it can easily kind of uh-huh. move and stuff like that, and they'll all yep. place their fingers on it like you would if you were holding onto a planchet on a Ouija board. And so okay. just lightly, lightly place everybody just, you know, does that and just does it around how many people are around it. 
all put, you know, just just to let the energy go into it. And yeah. um, the last questions, you know, to whatever else and have it touch the table or do things or whatever else. And uh, yep. they got a lot of a lot of really, uh, I mean, some crazy activity out of that. Like everybody was nice. extremely like, I mean, they even like had cameras zoomed in on the hands and you know the feet and stuff just to make sure nobody's like kicking it or influencing yeah. it. And at one point, it's like starts to really come like be pressed down hard on this guy. Like it's it's leaning over um, into this guy like stomach as everybody's like leaning over with it. And this guy's sitting in this chair that's literally in a doorway, so he could mm-hmm. get move. You know, he could move back or scoot the chair or whatever else. But he said like he could not move. He was trying to move, like he was trying to push himself back to like try and you know yeah. not have this table on top stuck. of him. Yeah. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, apparently like he was stuck in place, and then like this, yeah, everybody that's... was on this table. That's awesome. That's sort of a classic seance yeah. thing, mm-hmm. right? method yeah i so i yeah that's awesome i think that counts i like stuff like that i know i find things like that way more compelling than like the tech side yeah of ghost hunting you know what i mean i do i mean i love i know you like the tech stuff too rim pods and and stuff like that i love the 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 boo bear uh that we were talking about before you know before we met up like those are that's really cool i love stuff like that because that's like where stuff's getting even crazier now um yeah. yeah and they have like the the ob- obelisk or whatever um you know that you can use now that like can read like um what i mean that does audio and and it can also read like temperature changes and stuff like that like yeah like just yeah just nuts stuff that people have access to now and so yeah. the tools are getting super advanced yeah. for sure but you like that I think, like, traditional like dowsing rods oh, and you know like yeah. the stuff that just I mean that's that's just traditional, right? I like the spiritual connection stuff. Yeah, that's fair. I like the like the stuff that relies on like the person aligning their energy with whatever is in the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's the stuff that I find really compelling. But I do like a lot of I like some of the tech stuff too. I think that's why I like the Estes method so yeah, much. Yeah, I do because I really it's do sort like of both. Too. Right, it's like a crossover between both mm-hmm. because it's of course you're using the ghost box to get the feedback, but it's also like it's like an open connection. Right. I mean between not just one person too. It's it's like there's a an extra layer of connection there with both people. And you're cutting off one of your senses. Yeah, exactly. You know, like and you're yeah, I mean, it can it can be hard to like people fall into that and end up getting extremely emotional and you know like leaving this like this residual feeling um you know that's just affecting like their mental well-being and stuff like that like if you don't know you know if you're not comfortable putting yourself and making yourself that vulnerable in a case like that then yeah you probably never want to do the estes method (laughs) Yeah, but for those listening that are ghost hunting newbies, why don't you explain the Estes method just generally? So, just like like you said, I mean, it's either used a spirit box or a ghost box, which essentially what uh, what it does is it's a radio that just think of it as quickly skipping through the channels. Um, you can often set how quickly it goes, but it's looking for uh, you basically talk to it, and it's 
you're looking to hear back words. Like, uh, you know, you can say, like, say my name or something, and then you hear randomly skip through a channel and you hear, like, somebody on a channel say that name. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of that, you do a lot of that and you ask questions. Now, that's when you're using just the spirit box. Now, when you do the Estes method, you basically place yourself, uh, you know, in a, in a chair, you make yourself comfortable and you use a blindfold and noise canceling headphones. So you're listening to the spirit box the whole time while being, while being blindfolded and using noise canceling headphones. So you can't hear anybody else. All you're doing is saying everything you hear on the radio or on that spirit box. So as everyone else is out asking questions, you're saying what you hear and you're basically acting as the spirit box, but it's going through you. Yep. And which is yeah. such a fascinating thing to me. And it was actually, Estes Method was uh, was originally created by um, old boy from Hellier. Uh, yeah, Connor yeah. and um, um, what's the other guy's name? All I know is he anyway, was the he was the one they, responsible for the yeah. whole idea and everything. So, yeah, they created it. It's named after Estes Park, which is across from the um, the hotel where the Shining that the Shining's based on. Yeah, because that's when he was up in uh, the Stanley. Yeah. Yep, the Stanley. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just, it's a, it's such a cool a cool concept to me. I I love it, and I love the idea of like limiting your senses and being that vulnerable. Because again, you're hearing this static, constant static right. flicking flicking through, and then random words, and then these right. random and words it, coincide with whatever they're talking about. You know, anybody else? And it blocks. Basically, it blocks the possibility that your interpretation of what you're hearing will be influenced by the question you're asking. Exactly. Yep. Right? So it it's it's a more objective assessment of what's coming through the spirit box. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's pretty awesome. If you want like if you want like a crash course like on some of the most compelling Estes method results ever, watch Hellier, mm-hmm. watch um watch Spirits of the Stanley, yeah, um, that YouTube series. Sam and Colby on their YouTube channel. For those that are familiar with some. Sam and Colby, they do the Estes method a lot. And then nice. sometimes they'll they'll both like two people will do it at the same time. Yeah, um, and then that way, like you know, so like see what people are you know see what the differences are. Um, yeah, yeah, but they yeah they they use it a lot, which they get some pretty pretty awesome results from. Yeah, it's pretty it's. It's pretty freaky, for lack of a better term, when it works. Yeah. When it like really starts lining up, mm-hmm. it's like, holy shit, what is happening or here? Or you get your name, or like mm-hmm. you ask a question like, who's here? And then it like starts to tell you, like, we are, or then you're like, how many? And then give yeah. you, the next thing you know, it's a number. Or like, right. and then you know, you're asking things like, do you want us to be here? And it's like, no. Go away. Right. <laughs> you know, get like, out. Shit like that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's yeah, terrifying. Dude. It is. It it makes you it really makes you question things. It's like and to all all of you guys making ghost hunting content out there, like leave the captions at the door with stuff like yeah. that. Like it's so compelling when there's no caption and you hear that shit come mm-hmm. through like 
just hear what you want. Let the audience hear what they hear. Yeah, I agree. Like, same with EVPs and stuff like that. Like, yep, I prefer like, hey, we caught this EVP. What do you think it says? Yep. Yeah. Same as if you're filming and you think you see a Bigfoot, stop fucking with the red circles. Yeah. Like, just let people see what they see. Agreed. I, I like it's, that. I like that. You know, it yeah. allows you to be the, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's almost your your own finding at that point or, you know, you actually feel like yeah. it, it's, it's going to make it a lot more compelling. It's going to make it seem more real. No, no one gives a shit about your blob squatch. <laughs> <laughs> for real like, though stop circling yeah. it no one hates that more than like legit bigfoot hunters people who are out looking actually looking for bigfoot they they hate those things so much because yeah. it's it's just so like it's so shady that could be a billion fucking things out there yeah, like half sure. a mile away covered by trees and no yeah. it's a sam squanch yeah definitely the sam squanch <laughs> <sighs> this is yeah, a fun one. It's, I, li- I like it's this cool. story. Um, I there's there's a little bit more on this doctor uh, that I wanted to wanted to kind of touch on. Uh, so three after his wife Jesse's death, an insanity inquiry was submitted against um, Doctor John Gibbons or Doctor Gibbons, saying that he was a harm to himself and to others. Um, as they investigated into it. It ended up getting thrown out, but it ended up forcing him also into retirement because they took all of his records and tools and shit mm-hmm. like that. Like, and then at that point, people like because people were calling him the bad doctor, and he was apparently a womanizer. He was crazy from what people would say. Like he would walk around town in his pajamas, uh, just kind of walking nice. the streets and yelling at people. And yeah, I mean. You know, so I can see why why maybe an insanity inquiry would be submitted. Just to, especially yeah, as a doctor, sure. you know. Do you think? I think maybe that's just a natural reaction to losing your wife and multiple children over a short period of time. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this dude went through some shit. Also, sometimes people just go fucking nuts. You know, like it true. Maybe maybe he hit like his breaking point, right? Yeah, I wouldn't blame him oh, after all the shit he went through. But he also a lot of there's a lot of uh, claims against him and his practice too. So yeah, I guess it's going to be uh, easy to think of him being like this bad guy. That's fair. So, but yeah, that was that was one of the takeaways I wanted to at least mention because I feel like that also adds some uh, some energy to the house, whether it be. But most likely sure. negative energy that's going to build up as well. I think that he influenced. So my dog just woke up. I told you, dude, own, owning her has changed my opinion of Bigfoot audio. <laughs> 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 I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Bob Rormans. It legitimately sounds like some Bigfoot audio. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, awesome. I mean, I, I had I had fun with this one. Um, yeah, I I love a midwestern. Huh? I know this one this one felt more like a book report, but uh, like we kind of talked about. But like I said, you know, if Whispers Estate needs a pamphlet to give out to people, I'm your guy. I'll just let's let's use this bad boy and 
Yeah. And, you know, you can you can use it for everything you need. <laughs> I mean, if they want to pay like royalty, pay us royalties, they can just put our podcast on on a loop. Uh, yeah, I'm into it in the in the lobby. Should if they want to do it yeah. just to let people hear it, <laughs> go for it. It's true. Yeah. Plus, we get a download every time it loops and starts over. <laughs> you, they might have to like change their IP address or use like uh, yeah, just kind of rotate it out. But regardless, maybe who knows? Possibly not. <laughs> but anyhow, I think uh, I think that's gonna wrap up episode ninety-two, Whispers Estate. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown. unknown.